Before I speak, I believe the, war, the Lord would have something to say to us. And that is this. Some of you have been troubled with the cares of the world. Some of you have been anxious about things. Some of you have not cast your care upon me. For I've said in my word that I care for you. So I say to you now, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that you have need of. Because my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yeah. When we were uh, in lockdown, Annette and I were invited. That's the lady in, well, she was in red. She's discarded that now. A bit more red. Invited by our former church in Spain to do a devotional for about 10 minutes. So she prepared a word on protection. Three Ps you had. Protection, peace, and provision. Praise God. Lots of Ps this morning. So we, she and I presented these things and um, sent it by email, care of Pastor Neil, who helped us to deal with things like cloud. I didn't know what cloud was, but we were up in the clouds. Maybe our heads were in the clouds, I don't know. But we sent this thing off by email to Spain. And then from Spain, it was broadcast to England and England to France and people... Uh, contacted and said, oh, we saw you on the internet. And uh, great. But then Sylvia Cousins from our church here said, oh, I saw you, Annette, on my phone. How powerful is the internet? How powerful is communication these days? But there's a power far greater than that. And that's the power of Almighty God. So the Bible tells us about different types of baptisms. <laughs> Got you. Um, there's reason for that. Um, don't step outside the boundary, Pete. See, because I stepped out the boundary earlier. I wasn't going to get beyond there. Baptisms. There's a baptism into the body of Christ. That is done by the Holy Spirit. There is a baptism in water, which can be done by any believer, anywhere, so long as there's sufficient water. There's a baptism spoken of. Uh, our baptisms are coming up. We'll start again very soon. Very soon. Baptisms, water. Get ready. Get, get your cozies out. And um, there's a baptism of fire, often quoted most often misunderstood. People just don't know what the baptism of fire is all about. Pastor Neil and I had a discussion the other day about that. Most interesting. Um, but today, Pastor Adam has asked me to speak about the baptism with or the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God. And it was Jesus' words, uh, well, John's words in, um, I think it's Matthew's gospel. He says, um, referring to Jesus, there is one whose sandal straps I am not worthy to untie, there is one greater than I, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So it was Jesus who is the baptizer. Now, Pastor Adam had a lots of Ps, 
and they went as follows for the previous weeks. If there's a lot of per, it's because it's that way. He had a profoundly personal, powerfully prophetic, public not private, and so today my message is the promise of Pentecost. Praise God. Let's open in a word of prayer for me. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the promises in your word. They are yea and amen. We ask you, Lord, for your anointing on my message and all what transpires after that. We ask this in Jesus' name, and we thank you, Lord, that we can give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor in his name. Amen. Amen. Well, saints, it's lovely to be here with you to share the word this morning. And I'm going to put a proposition to you. There is a power available to, to us all, to all who believe, a power from heaven above. What is this power? And so I've got another three Ps. I'm going to talk about the promise, the person, and the power itself. And it's all to do with Pentecost. Again, when we lived in Spain, there was a, a senior citizen, an elderly gentleman, Victor Hawkins was his name, and um, he'd received the promise, uh, in fact he was born again in 1966, which is a long time before most of you were born, um, and um, it had changed his life dramatically, to such an extent that whenever and wherever he met people, he would sidle up to them and turn to them and say, have you received the promise? And the people would look at him most oddly thinking, what's, what's this old boy on about? And, uh, but it was always an introduction to a conversation about the Lord and how to broach the subject. So one day you could say to someone, uh, have you received the promise? Just turn to your neighbor and ask, have you received the promise? Mm, you get some mixed responses, don't you? So what is this? What are we talking about? Let's have a look at Luke 24, verse 49. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples after the resurrection. So, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So what is this promise? Now, I want to leap ahead some 20 years. Pentecost has taken place. The gospel has gone out. Churches have started. Ministries happening. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, has arrived in Ephesus. And Ephesus is, uh, was, it's still there today, but there's only ruins. It was a major city, a political center, a religious center. That was where the Temple of Diana existed uh, artemis if you wanted the other language and uh, lots of lots of activity um, and paul comes across some disciples and he says these words in acts 19 2 most interesting words he says did you receive the holy spirit when you believed so they were disciples they were believers but he says so they said to him we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And that is so true of many people today. They've never heard of the Holy Spirit. I know when I was in the traditional church years and years ago, 
The only time I heard about the Holy Spirit was right at the very end. It was always a good sign that we're out of here. Because <laughs> he would give a sort of a benediction blessing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, Amen, and raced for the door. I am only speaking the truth. I, I, I'm not preaching now. I'm just speaking the truth. You'll catch that some of you later. They think, what's he talking about? So it's so true of many today. They've never heard of the Holy Spirit. But the Bible tells us very clearly that the Holy Spirit is God. He's God. He's, al he's the almighty God. The Holy Spirit is all the omnis. Omni. Omnipresent, omnipotent, omnipotent. I'll translate them. He's all-powerful. He's everywhere. He's all-knowing. And he's eternal. And he's holy because he's God. He's the Holy Spirit. The old days, they used to say Holy Ghost. Oh, just an old term for spirit. The Holy Spirit. He's the greatest communicator there is in the world. He's better than the internet. Better than iPhones, iPads, and iThings. Because he knows everything. He's everywhere. Don't need a satellite. God. He can speak to us. Because he's a person. It gets me inside when people talk about the Holy Spirit as it. It. Jesus said these words. He says, when he comes... He will convince the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. He, the spirit of truth. And for you young students, he is a personal pronoun in the English language. He, not an it. He sends. He sent out Paul and Barnabas in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 13. He speaks. How does he speak? He speaks through the word. He speaks to us internally, spirit to spirit, deep to deep. He's the spirit of God. He's the spirit of truth. He convinces the world of truth. You want to know the truth? Go to the Holy Spirit. He strives. He contends with us. When we know we are doing things we shouldn't do. The button on the inside, like the reversing sound from a truck. Beep, 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 beep. Don't go, don't go, don't go. The Holy Spirit speaks. We don't want to listen. So we crash into something. Not in my notes, just got that bit going there. Praise God. But he's, he's, he's love. Paul tells us in Romans, he says, when we're in tests and trials and tribulations, that, that brings perseverance. Perseverance brings character. Character brings hope. Hope doesn't disappoint. Why? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by what? By the Holy Spirit. He's love. He's God. And he's our paraclete. Now there's a Greek word for you. Paraclete, parakletos. If you get the Amplified Bible. I bought Annette about Amplified. Before I got saved, um, Annette got saved. She's always been before me in everything. No, she has. She got born again before me. She got spirit-filled before me. She spoke in tongues before me. 
She operated in the gifts before me. She went to Bible school before me. And she was born before me. Ah, no, Pete, no, no. Oh. <laughs> but the paraclete, the paraclete, the paracletos, the Amplified tells us seven things about the Holy Spirit. He's the counselor, he's the comforter. He's the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby. All those things, and I'll tell you more about that. So much about the Holy Spirit and we'd never heard. We didn't know about the Holy Spirit. So let's go back to Paul. Paul in Ephesus, Acts chapter 19, verse 6. So he's spoken to these disciples. And he'd asked them about, well, into whose baptism would you baptize? And then they said, oh, it was John and so on and so forth. They said, well, then you need to be baptized in water. And they were. And then it comes to this remarkable verse, Acts 19.6. And when Paul laid hands on them, why did he lay hands on them? He laid hands on them because it was a point of contact. There is a biblical law principle of contact and transfer. So be careful who you get to lay hands on you. Be careful because you don't know where those hands have been. Come to a safe environment like this church. When people lay hands on you, then it'll be fine because it'll be by the power of the Spirit. The right Spirit. Yeah. That's all thrown in. Bonus, no. And they sp it says they laid hands on them and the Spirit came on them and spoke in tongues and prophesied. Now, I haven't purposed to set this message on the speaking in tongues, but it will come up because it does come up because it comes with the package. When you receive the power, you receive the promise, and you receive the tongues. When you jump in the water, you usually get wet. And that's about it. So what is the promise that Jesus spoke of? So let's go back in time now to the time of Jesus. <clears throat> and Jesus speaking to his disciples, to the apostles, just before he ascended. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, and we've had this scripture, I think, three weeks in a row. Here we are, fourth time. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Now, here's a bit of theology for you theological students like Shane and others. Um, ushers, ushers, just come and attend. Just come and attend to this pastor on the front row here. The disciples were commanded to wait in Jerusalem. Why did Jesus command them to wait? It was not solely for their preparation. It was so that Jesus would ascend to be with the Father. Because unless he was ascended to the Father, the promise would not come. Because it says there in John's Gospel, 16 verse 7, 
Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Notice the route. Notice the path. Jesus dies on the cross. He atones for our sins. His death followed by his resurrection. His resurrection followed by the ascension and his glorification seated at the right hand of the Father now, receiving back the glory that he laid aside when he came to earth to die on the cross. He takes back his glory, seated at the right hand of the Father, and he sends the Holy Spirit to us to come and live in us, be with us forever and a day. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. The Holy Spirit. The paraclete. See, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not an experience outside of Jesus. It is the very evidence of the ascension. Because he went to the Father so the Spirit could come. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. So let's go back to Jerusalem. Acts chapter 1 verse 5. Jesus speaking. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So the promise of the Father is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Have you received? Turn to your neighbor and ask. Have you received? Have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? I'm not talking about being born again. I'm talking about a subsequent, separable experience of receiving the baptism with the Holy Spirit, which took place on the day of Pentecost for the first time. Can you say amen? So what comes with the baptism? Or what do you get with the baptism? I'm glad you asked. You did? But the word tells us the scripture we've had. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you shall receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria. And to the utter ends of the earth. And that includes us down here under. As I said earlier, not on some maps anymore. They've left us off. But we're on and we're in. And we're filled with the Spirit. Amen? Amen? You will receive power. So when did this power first come? On the day of Pentecost. So what was the day of Pentecost? <clears throat> Pentecost, five, fifty, fifty days after the resurrection, after the ascension. Jews from all over the world known world at that time, would come to Jerusalem for this one of three major feasts. What are they, Shane? <clears throat> no, just testing him. And Pentecost was one of those feasts, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of First Fruits. At that time, they were all gathered around. We know what happened. I'll get there in a minute. But Jerusalem... The center, I, they, they've had all sorts of estimates as to how many people could be there. 
But let's put it at a million to be conservative. That's a lot of people in Jerusalem. Because they've come from all over for this very special feast. You know what happened. But we'll get there and we'll tell the story in a minute. But I want to ask you a question. Do you know how many places were represented by the Jews who came to Jerusalem? Have you ever counted? The book of Acts tells us about certain places like Phrygia, Cappadocia, and places we've never even seen. But it also tells us about Rome. Who started the church in Rome? Was it Peter? Was it Paul? It certainly was not one of the old popes. It was those who were there on the day of Pentecost. The Jews who had come to have this feast. So let's read what happened. Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 4. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them. And they were all filled, not some, all filled, how many? All filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak uh, with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. That's a funny word. It means gave them the words to say, the utterance, what came out of their mouths. So the baptism was fulfilled. What difference did that make? to those people. Any difference? It made a big difference to Peter, not this Peter, but it made a big difference to this Peter. Peter, the disciple, the one who had denied Christ three times, the one who had been restored with the question from Jesus, do you love me, three times. There's a teaching and a preaching on that as well. Do you love me? Do you love me agape love? Do you love me poimeno love? Do you love me, uh, what way do you love me? Poimeno, believe. How do you love me? What do you believe? What's your love for me, says the Lord? Do you love me like uh, a friend? Do you love me with the God kind of love? Good question. That's all extra this morning. When Annette got filled with the Holy Spirit, something happened to her. I was busy doing my thing. She was going off to this funny church. No, she was. It was a funny church. Because I was traditional. I was very vertical. Like I said, we only had the Holy Spirit at the end. Not at the beginning. Seemingly not with us during the service either. So, you know, I'm looking after the dog and the kids. And she comes home, this one. Now, she used to be a little Miss Shy. She'd have won the timidity competition. The most timid person in the whole place. She'd have won that. But she came home. And her whole countenance had changed. And I said to her, it's happened to you, hasn't it? She says, oh, 
It's happened to me. It transformed her. It changed her. You've never seen. I got a new wife that day. I really did. And she's never been the same since. A powerful teacher of the word. Anointed by the Holy Spirit. She knows more word than I do, but she, she lets me think I know more than she does. But anyway. Now from Acts chapter 2, verse 14 on, we find that Peter does his preach. And he preaches because he'd been to the uh, first school, uh, Bible school of Jerusalem. He'd been, got his theological master's degree and was studying for his doctorate. And um, he was all ready to go. But there was thing, something about Peter. He knew the word. He knew the Old Testament. He knew something in the book of Joel that spoke about this day of Pentecost. And it's a surprising thing, but it's the Holy Spirit who brings to remembrance the things that we've learned. And for you young students, when you're at college, and you might be thinking, oh, I can't remember that. Say, Holy Spirit, bring to my remembrance that what I've learned. And he will, and he does. Amazing. All of a sardine. There it is. Praise God. So he preaches, and he preaches from Joel, and he talks about, in, in those days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Not on some flesh, on all flesh. Young men, he talks about, having visions. Old men having dreams. I'm having something in between. Pour out my spirit. Sons and daughters. Pastor Adam spoke about the daughters. The ladies. Praise God for the ladies. And he preaches this powerful sermon. And he preaches it because he had the power to preach. He had the power to witness. He had the power of God for the rest of his life. This word power is an interesting word. In the Greek you've got three choices again. Exousia, kratos, and the dunamis. The dynamic power. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. If the same power that raised Christ from the dead will quicken, will bring alive to your bodies. If you're sick, ask the Holy Spirit to bring life to your body to remove all the rhubarb. Amen. We don't go to the Holy Spirit. Because we haven't been taught that way. How do you think Jesus does the work? He does the work by the Holy Spirit. How do you think he created the earth? He did it by the Holy Spirit. How do you think he sustains things? By the word of his power. That's why you're sitting on those seats. That's why we're here on planet earth. It's all sustained by the word of his power. By the Holy Spirit. He was there in the beginning. Acts chapter 1 verse 2. Spirit hovering. Oh, moving on, Pete. Thank you. Paul said this. He, says, he said to the Corinthians, he didn't come to them with enticing words, persuasive words. He came in what? In a demonstration of the Spirit and with power. The power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is power. This counselor. You want counsel? Go to the Holy Spirit. 
You want comfort, go to the Holy Spirit. You want help, go to the Holy Spirit. You want someone to intercede for you, go to the Holy Spirit. We're so blessed Christians. We're so blessed because we've got two intercessors. We've got Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for the saints. Do you know you're saints? If you've given your life to the Lord, you're a saint. Some people say, oh, I'm not a saint. Don't be so negative. You are a saint if you've given your life to the Lord. Paul writes, he says, to the saints in the church, here, there, and there, grace and peace to you. What a beautiful start for any letter. You'd think you young people today, starting with your text messages and things, writing off grace and peace. I do it to him, him over there, him with the muscles. <laughs> Send him a note, grace and peace be to you. What a wonderful way to the saints. Called to be saints. There he is, our helper. In fact, he's our standby because he's the one called alongside. You want some help? Ask the Holy Spirit. If I needed to move this from here to there, I could call on Shane and say, come and help me. He would do me. Help me. Because I can't do it by myself, but with his help I can. That's the same of life. We can't do life without the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So what did Peter now do? The Bible's most interesting because when he preached his sermon there in Acts chapter 2, it tells us something most interesting. And the word of God says this, verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. How were they cut to the heart? What was it that caused them to be cut to the heart? It was the Holy Spirit. Because he's the one who convicts the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. They were cut to the heart, reading on. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Paraphrase. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So it's the promise of the Father and it's a gift. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off and that's us here. As many as the Lord our God will call. Praise God, the Holy Spirit. John G. Lake we quote many times, well, Annette and I do. He used to stand, he was a missionary to, to Africa, South Africa in particular. He was the cause and the planting of a hundred churches, uh, the apostolic faith mission. He used to look in the mirror and he'd say, God lives in that man, and where that man goes, God goes. I tell you what, it'd do us some good to look in the mirror and say those things instead of wondering how the, how the hair's doing, and I don't have that problem. <laughs> so how do you receive this gift? You ask. You ask. How do you receive anything from the Lord? You ask. You know, to pray means to ask. You might see in old uh, legal documents, I pray this and I pray that. They're not on their knees praying. They're asking. Paraphrasing Luke chapter 11, Peter's version. The son and the father. And the son comes to the father. 
And the word says, if the son would ask the father for bread, would he give him a stone? If he would ask for a fish, would he give him a serpent? If he asked for an, an egg, would he give him a scorpion? Or any other random things you'd like to think of. And then it says, and for you who are earthly, carnal, um, evil, it says in the King James Version, but we won't have that. If you being carnal know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So we simply ask. We ask in faith, believing, and we will receive. But to ask, we have to first surrender. We have to surrender ourselves to God Almighty. We have to be sure that we are not walking in unforgiveness. One of the greatest obstacles to receiving this gift is if we've got unforgiveness. So we need to make sure, 100% sure, that we are right with God. And we know the scripture, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise God. So, when we ask, what will we receive? Power to witness. Power for service. And we will receive the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. And today's message is not all about speaking in tongues, but it is the evidence that starts us off. So I'm going to make an invitation to you all, to the congregation. If you have not received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I'm going to invite you now to come forward and you will receive the promise of the Father. There will be prayer team to pray with you and for you, to help you. But I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you're willing, then let it be. And you will receive the gift. So would you all stand please? First, I'd like us all to make a confession of our faith. And if you'd repeat after me, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life, and I surrender to you. You are my Savior, and I thank you for the cross, your death, and resurrection I love you Lord and now whilst we're all standing for those who would like to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit please step out please come forward and we'll pray and you will receive now don't be shy don't be nervous because you will not be shortchanged. You will get what you ask for. Some people say, well, I, I, I don't know about this. It's a gift from God. 
Who wants a gift from God? We all want gifts from God. Here is the invitation, here is the opportunity to receive a gift that will change your life. Come now, don't be shy, don't be hesitant, come forward. We'll pray with you, we'll pray for you. Praise God, he will do something special. Come on, there's some people over here. There's a gift for you. Come and get the gift. It's here. The anointing's here. The Spirit's here. Don't ask you. Turn and say, have you received? And then say, why not? Why not? Come on. Come on. Come forth. Come fifth. Come and receive. Let's all pray this together. Father, all together praying. Father, I thank you. I am a child of yours. And Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, I ask you now to baptize me with the Holy Spirit. I expect to receive the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gives me the utterance. Thank you, Lord. I receive by faith. I'm now going to open my mouth and speak boldly to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God.